Good evening and welcome to horror. I am Lee. I'm Chris. And I am the Archduke of Nightmare. <laughs> Adam. I'm, I'm getting my kids to call me that from now on. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than what they call you at the moment. That's true. <laughs> Just Mr. Allen, isn't it? That's what I thought you meant. <laughs> So we are here this evening uh, to discuss uh, Psycho Gorman, which was Adam's uh, request. Uh, and as we missed the last episode due to Adam getting married, we thought uh, what better gift to give him than allow him to choose this movie. So we've watched it. Doesn't mean I'm going to be <laughs> nice about it, but that's not a spoiler. We'll get to that. When we get... <laughs> I kind of expected as such because I, th- I, I thought to myself, hmm, how has he? Because I know, I know that the first, I know the first half hour was was not your bag, so yeah. It wasn't well. I won't spoil it, but it wasn't that I didn't enjoy it. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh no, I am in no way, shape, or form saying that this is a revolutionary new movie. <laughs> I am saying that this is a movie that I will stick on if I'm feeling, you know, slightly meh or sort of just it'd be like, oh, that, yeah, that'll fucking that pass the time on pit. So, in the meantime, uh, Adam, obviously you've been crazy busy with uh, Real Life Shizzle, but have you had the (laughs) opportunity to watch anything horror-related? Strangely enough, yes. I I didn't expect I would have had, but um, I watched watched Spring, which is the second film by Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson. Uh, the guys who did the Endless and Resolution. Mm-hmm. Oh and... no, that's that's interesting. That will come up again later. Ah, oh, will it? Okay, um, because they uh, this is another in the Shitty Carl trilogy, in which uh, Shitty Carl is mentioned by name in two of them, and then he actually turns up in the Endless. But um, <laughs> basically, it it's um, it's like a sort of. I don't know, a holiday, like one of those sort of holiday indie romance films, but not shit. <laughs> and, um, but also with like weird monsters that you can't, that doesn't quite get explained. Basically, bloke needs to get out of town, uh, decides, fuck it, I'm just going to spend, his uh, mother's died, he's got like a bit of money and he just thinks, fuck it, I'm just going to go on holiday basically travels across Europe and then uh, meets this girl who also is a strange monster. And um, yeah, and it's actually, it's, um, it's really good. It's, it's weird because watching, even watching it, it's 2014, which doesn't seem like that's long ago, but I think things have shifted so much that I don't know that this already feels like, a sort of dated like the, the holiday romance aspect of it is kind of where it's like you know it's just that thing of like two people meet and then suddenly it's absolute whirlwind romance but not you know it's not just two people meet fuck a lot and then fuck off it's more you it's but it's sort of you suddenly realize that that doesn't quite read anymore i think yeah. it's one of those things that's sort of like just sort of past its sell-by date maybe Mm. as a thing but spring is definitely worth watching because it's not that's not what it's about and it's 
Um, well, it is, it is about that, but it has this really... At first, you think you're getting a hang on it going, oh, so she's she's a werewolf. Oh, no, she's a vampire. Oh, so she... And, yeah, the actual explanation is probably a, a bit more sci-fi than anything else, but not alien sci-fi in that it just has a scientific reasoning behind it that okay. this... The, and the character and the character like the 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 woman in it um is trying to study her own nature and it's about her working out what she is mm. um and it's yeah and it's really really good and really sort of well thought out it's one of those ones where you especially when they get to the monster explanations or anything do not blink because you know, it's like in, it's in that sort of really high concept thing where you're like, "Oh no, hang on, I'm going to have to rewind that." Yeah. So <laughs> it's, but yeah, and that does sound um, really good. It's it's really good. I mean, I still, I've I've yet to watch it, but I've got Synchronic, which is their latest um, film, um, and I'm not sh- I'm not sure I would watch it as much as I definitely feel I would The Endless or Resolution Resolution in particular. Um, but still, yeah, a really good film, and also just one of those things where you're like, "Oh, someone's actually taking time with this." You know, someone's actually there's they've thought about things, and there's a real originality to that, rather than it's an original spin on an existing premise or something yeah. like that. They really, yeah, they've really sort of built it from the ground up. One thing I will say though is that. Um, at one point, the the main guy in it hooks up with a couple of guys from England. Fuck me, what cunts we look like in America! <laughs> because because no, it's it was it was just a real sort of kick in the bollocks because you realise it's not the American perception of English people is no longer John Cleese in a bowler hat. It's basically Danny Dyer. Oh, and you're like, oh, no. no, I don't need that. But, yeah, so, so um, I mean, they're, they're not in it a bunch and they are meant to be pricks. So, you know, it's not like, oh, well, I can't handle this because for 10 minutes of this duration, there's a character in it I can't stand. And it's like, yeah, but you kind of meant to not can't stand him because he's just a typical, all right, gay prick, sort of oh, prick. God. So, yeah. But, yes, yeah, so it was a bit of a sort of lesson in a weird way that I think we've we've got to sharpen it up and go a bit lecture for them because <laughs> uh, uh, otherwise they're just going to think it's yeah we're ju- they're just going to think we're Danny Dyer, which is Dyer. So uh, <laughs> I, I still I still do like him in Human Traffic though. Yeah, I don't think I that still... fi- I've not seen it for a long time, but I don't think that film's going to hold up if I try it again. I think it's one of those. It was very it was of the time. time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think that's yeah, one uh, that's left to the memory. Claire also pointed out it's hard to watch sober. And I don't know yeah. what that says about her as much as anything else. So, <laughs> but um, I but also um, what's the one uh, what's the one where they go on like a team building exercise with oh, Andy Nyman? Yeah. Now that that's is good. a brilliant and, film. <laughs> yeah, and he's great, and he is great in that. He so is. yeah, it's but yeah, just I don't want everyone to think that we basically make make. Do- I got this feeling that they all think we make documentaries about gangsters, 
and claim that we're shitting ourselves a lot during them. <laughs> I was fucking shitting myself when I had to meet this 80-year-old man who once held a gun. <laughs> you know. Um, in, in, other, in other cinematic news, I watched... I, well, I re-watched for the first time in ages and I thought it would kind of go with Psycho Goreman. Uh, Meatball Machine, the Japanese splatterpunk movie from 2008. Mm. Um, yeah, turns out that the main thing I was thinking, oh, that bit's coming up in a minute. That bit's coming up in a minute. Not in the film. So you think it's... Because I always get that. Uh, Tokyo Gore Police... Thank uh, you. Robo Geisha. I can't tell you what scene anything is in. I just know I've seen all three of those films and they are one film. <laughs> See, I think that's the thing. They all I think they all came out over here around about the same time on DVD. Because yeah. it's definitely Tokyo Gore Police that I've mixed it up with. <laughs> and I was like, because actually Meatball Machine is a tad bleaker than Tokyo Gore Police. And I think I was watching it, it was like, I remember this being a lot jollier. <laughs> and um, I mean, it's still, it's still great. It's, I mean, it's still like a bloody sort of. It's like someone looked at Tetsuo and said, "Well, should we update that and try and give it a plot?" And um, which was the wrong thing to do. <laughs> but I think also, um, yeah, it was. It was quite a good watching it, but it was also a vague disappointment that I realised. Oh, I should have. Watch Tokyo Gore Police. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I probably will be watching Tokyo Gore Police now. Um, you know, I've got that on my back burner as well, and I don't know why. Every time I make a short list of films to watch, it always ends up in there, but it never quite gets watched. So I think it's it's always we, second tier. Could we cover it on the show? Because we'll add it onto that list. Because mm. then eventually we'll get round to it. Yes, I think that's ready. probably a good plan. I'm writing it down as we speak. Nicely done, sir. Nicely done. Um, and then another film, again, a film that I feel could, uh, Claire was certainly interested if we would, it would be interested to see what the reactions were if we covered it. Um, today, I watched with Ted Coraline Ooh, three times. I love because, Coraline. Yeah, he fucking did as well. <laughs> we got to the end credits and he said again, and I said, what, do you want to watch that again? Spooky again. <laughs> and then made a face until I rebound it. <laughs> so, yeah, so we watched Coraline three fucking times. But the good thing is it's Coraline, which stands up to being watched, <laughs> you know, even even in a row. Yeah. As, you know. It's fantastic. So, uh, it's really super creepy, though. Like I say, for, for something that's aimed at such small kids... Mm. Like it, as you say, it's not it's not overtly scary, but there's just something about it. It's that uncanny valley, which is obviously what it's shooting at. Is that like mm. it's them, but it isn't. You can see it is them, but they're from a different dimension, and it's just so weird. I love the crap out of it. It's it's one of those ones where you almost you almost have to kick yourself where you because you sit there and you sort of go. Oh, that's an amazing concept. I wish it wasn't a kids' film. And they're like, no, that's still an amazing concept, and this is a fucking great film. What you're talking about, you prick? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, why? Why am I trying to validate this by having grown-ups in it and <laughs> like live action? What is fucking wrong with me? You know, the whole point of the yeah. But I mean, 
yeah, I definitely think it's one we would cover. The, the thing is, is, Ted is Ted's three at the end of next month. Well, well the end of this month now. Mm. And I th- and I think if it had been maybe a couple of years older, I think he would have been far more creeped out by it. Yeah, than mm. he was. I think it was kind of. I mean, he just loved the cat um, and all the sort of various bits going on and everything else like that. And he watched it and he he, the, he only was uneasy if Coraline was sad. Oh. So, yeah. And, um, but, but definitely, yeah, it's obviously been a hit with him. And that, that does bode well because we were what we, we sort of tried watching because obviously it's the same director as Nightmare Before Christmas and we tried watching that at Christmas but I think it was, it was a bit too slow going yeah like before you get into what's actually happening in it um but now i think you'd be fine with it because like i say i mean Coraline's not exactly like you know it doesn't just crack in yeah it's not fast and furious yeah it's yeah it just it builds up it doesn't like yeah so i think now he might be of an age where that i mean possibly the corpse bride i don't know um, but definitely Nightmare Before Christmas. I think he could probably he would probably now at least be following it. Yeah, so, I like yeah. the fact that he appreciate that he he can see it's spooky, but he likes that and he's drawn to it. The same as we were at that age. It's like it's mm. not actually scary, but there's something about it that makes me queasy, and I love that feeling. And it's what you just go back to over and over again. So this bodes yeah. well for the future of horror in your household. I like the look of this. Well, I mean, uh, well, I mean, hopefully so. I mean, I, I would like to think that at least I've built him, uh, built up a fairly extensive library that he can then dismiss and say, "It's all streaming nowadays, Dad. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Why are you clinging to this mountain of plastic and metal? What is wrong with you, you clown?" Besides which, all the drugs are designer now, and everything is beamed directly into your subconscious. <laughs> And I'll just laugh at him and just say, well, don't forget your fucking gas mask when you go here. Because <laughs> we fuck this planet. <laughs> On that cheery note, Chris, have you watched anything since our last uh, gathering? Well, that was quite a, a lot to... Uh... To follow on from um so we're still working through the the marvel universe so we've now covered spider-man homecoming which excellent i know you like that is, is a great film it's interesting it's, it's definitely seems like it's aimed at a slightly younger audience yeah um i suppose it's the comedy is just very light-hearted mm. um throughout but yeah that's good um i know your next top favorite black panther yeah <laughs> Which I, I did, I did enjoy it. I um, I did see it when it came out, and I thought it was good. And I, like, I still think it's about the same. I, I thought it was quite good. I know what you mean the comedy isn't quite the same. As I said, I think that was the only thing that was different was mm. that the comedy was was taken down like a, a noticeable notch, and that was yeah. what kind uh, of drew me in initially with like the Iron Man films was was how good the comedy in it was. Um, yeah. So, yeah, as soon as you sort of cut that back by about 40%, I really noticed it and it really stood out, which is why that film, I came away going, well, the action was good and I liked the story, mm. but I didn't come away with those, 
yeah, but that line and that line moments that I did from a lot of the other films, which just left me a little bit flat on it. But mm. I, th- um, I think the I think the the humour thing is definitely what sells me on the majority of the uh, Marvel stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's and it's not sort of it's not alien to the comics either. Mm. You know, this was stuff that was kind of in there. Mm. So yeah, no, I think that if they, because again, uh, I've not seen, I've not seen Black Panther, but I know a lot of people said that it was the much more serious. So I, I wouldn't necessarily like that. There are serious elements. I think they, I, I, but it's interesting though because we're now on Doctor Strange, and for me, that's got even less comedy. Like, there's only been a few jokes in it. Um, See now, Doctor Strange is one. I seem to remember quite enjoying, but again, I've mm. not been back to it anywhere near no, as much as the others. As so others yeah. It clearly did have the same effect on me where mm. it sort of came away and went, oh yeah, that was pretty good, but I wouldn't rush back to it anywhere no. near as quick as I would, as I say, the Marvel, the, like the Avengers movies or, mm. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy as well. Well, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. But yeah, so, so we're still working our way through those. Seems like it won't end. But also very enjoyable. <laughs> it's amazing how many there are, though. We've still got, you know, nothing is still it's six like or seven left to go. Films, isn't it? Yeah. On that first and they're probably going to yeah. bring some more out. I think they've got like One Division, and there's another one, The Falcon. Oh, I know they're a series. Uh, not Black Panther. Um, Black Widow coming out. Yes, that's point. meant to be. Yeah. yeah. So it um, might never end. Yeah. Never get. Never finish them. But yeah, yeah there's, there's Falcon and Winter Soldier as well. That's the. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. the one that's currently yeah. Because again, One Division was one of those things where loads of people were saying, "Oh, it's just the most amazing thing," and it's like, "Yeah, but I haven't watched the majority of this okay. like forty movie cycle. Yeah, I'm probably not going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> I would be doing the opposite to most sort of young kids watching it. Of I'd be getting all the old sitcom references. Yeah. But I have None no fucking clue who anyone is. Yeah. So. It's funny you've not kept up because Adam, it was you who kept badgering me about watching Iron Man. Mm. I know because it was so damn good. And that's the, I, I think was it... like you kept on. I was like, I don't like super. I don't like comic books. Mm. I don't like superhero <laughs> movies. This could not be more outside of my wheelhouse. And he was like, and in the end, I was like, if I don't watch it, he's not going to shut up. And I watched <laughs> it, and I got hot before was I got I to that the bad end. About it? Well, no, it, Bloody I, hell. I think it was one. I think it was you and Dean, and Dean had been drinking, so you kept egging each other, <laughs> and it just got more and more. Oh, if you don't see it, you might as well be dead. So, by the <laughs> yeah, by the time I got halfway through the first one, I'd ordered the second one on Blu ray, and uh, yeah, and I've never looked back since. So, um, see, see, I'm quite glad that at least we lived up to the hyperbole. It wasn't just like <laughs> yeah. you know, it wasn't like we told you to do that, and you sat there, and it's like. I've just watched 10 hours of fucking misery. What are these <laughs> like? That's time, money, oxygen that I'm not getting back. Because <laughs> I, think, I think also the weird thing was, is that it was, because I think it was Dean who showed me Iron Man. And I was like, that's fucking superb. You know, I just thought it was such a really good take on it. And then I think the next time around it was Thor. And I was like, I couldn't be fucked with Thor. Yeah, and, that wasn't quite the. And also, I think it's because there's like technically there's two Hulk movies that are part of it. 
but they'll deny it and it's not and it's not Mark Ruffalo anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Because it was it was um well it wasn't Chopper of like the actual Chopper as in the Australian <laughs> gang the guy who played him. Yes, I can't remember his name, but he disappeared after doing that film. Pretty much, I'm looking it up as we speak. So uh... I, I think he might have done the Hollywood Australian thing of suddenly coming out with a series of extremely inappropriate remarks, <laughs> and that's why he's not been seen much. Right, I'm. And then it was playing. then it was Ed Norton, and again it died on mm. his ass. And the, yeah, and now it's like. And I do get the impression that although Mark Ruffalo is the Hulk, has been playing him in, what, eight, ten, fucking twelve movies, whatever it is, I do get the impression that they're like, should we do a Hulk movie? Fuck no, they go really wrong. <laughs> Eric Banner. Eric, that's him. Eric Banana. Yeah. I remember him well. Yeah. So... Hang on a minute. No, hang on. Yeah. Actually, actually, yeah, I watched... What's the fuck? Fuck, I watched... I watched an episode of Shadows, like the kids' TV anthology thing as well, and I couldn't place the main guy in it for ages. And I looked it up, and he was the rapey dad from Romper Stomper. Oh, God. And I was just like, wow, that's just something I hadn't sort of... <laughs> It's yeah, one of those things where you think, why do I even remember what he looked like? It was a yeah, yeah. It was just, but it was just a weird thing because obviously this was like from the seventies, and it was like, and I looked him up, and it was like English Australian actor, and I was like, oh all right, okay, what else has he been in? Literally, fuck all else, and then romper stomp. And I'm like, of course it fucking is, but <laughs> twenty years older and a fuck sight more sinister. But, <laughs> but Brian Glover was in it as well. Oh, and he was doing his best, <laughs> aggressive like. <laughs> you were scared. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> all right. Um, sorry. Is that it, Chris? Did you? No, yep. I don't mean sorry. I don't mean is that it? As in, is that all you've watched? Because you've done well. But I went. You know, I didn't yep, want to that, cut that, you that, off that's... in your prime. No, I'm, I'm not in my prime. I'm. <laughs> I'm leading up to my prime. Honest. <laughs> uh, right, so I've got a couple of things to cover. Uh, uh, that horror related, but only kind of loosely. But you can do them here. Um, so Lady Jennifer and I heard about a new brewery that's getting started in Camden uh, called the Werewolf Brewery. Um, mm -hmm. The guy is building a, it's a taproom, uh, but he's built, he's like it's an on-site brewery. So they're brewing the beer and se selling it there as well as having the cannery. Um, and I was kind of, I was like, oh yeah, I like the sound of that. Yeah, I might get involved in helping crowdfund that. And then she said, Oh, look at these photos. He's been out and bought a load of um, uh, the cars that go on ghost um, ghost trains. And oh, cool. Putting them in the bar so you can sit in a ghost train car and drink a werewolf beer. And I was like, right. Oh, what, what, the boots? Yes. So I was like, That's right, brilliant. where's my wallet? Um, <laughs> so hopefully they're going to be open in September. So go to the werewolf brewing Bar. It's going to be in Camden. It's in the Arches. Um, I say he's in the process of doing it now, but it looks like it's going to be incredible. Uh, and that is Rich White who's doing that. So um, I should be following him and all of his brewing expertise. So has he actually? Have you um, 
is there actually any available as yet for uh, a drinking in the no, 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 not yet. So, um, I say, so they're, they're still building the premises at the moment, so they're mm. crowdfunding. So, I think it was about oh. 30, I think it was like 30 grand short, um, on what he needed. And basically, it turned out to be 30 grand more than he'd budgeted for when he came to it. So, he did crowdfunding for the last bit, um. But it was one of those things where it was crowdfunding, but it was like, oh, if you put in 20 quid, you get a T-shirt, and 50 quid, you get a hoodie. And you think, well, I'd pay that for a T-shirt or a hoodie anyway. Yeah. So, so we we order sell some T-shirts and hoodies. Um, Why not? Uh, yeah, so that's all good, and that's going ahead. Um, today is May 1st. Uh, so last night was uh, Walpurgis night, for those of you in the know. Um, and... Uh, uh, again, London Horror Society seem to be giving them a lot of props at the moment because uh, uh, basically because I'm a lazy schlub and Jennifer is on all of the social. So she keeps coming back and saying, oh, have you seen this? Are we going to do that or whatever. Um, uh, so last night, uh, a guy called Jason Buck uh, and his sister, Rosalind Buck, uh, did a um, it was a storytelling evening. Uh huh. Um, so I wasn't quite sure with, with all these things, never quite know what to expect here. Uh, so I did a quick Google about him and he said he was um, a storyteller. He generally does stories more for adults than kids, but he does do a bit of kid stuff. Doesn't it? Um, writes his own stories and yeah, kind of tells them. So I thought, oh, we'll give it a shot. And we'll see what it's like. Um, uh, they did a fantastic job. So props to them. But Eventbrite are shit. Um, so they sent an email out saying, don't forget it's happening tonight. Here's the link to see the event. So I was like, this is the link you click on to get into the event. It wasn't. It just took you to the events page, which said not available yet. So we logged in at five to eight and mm. sat there and sat there. Then about quarter past eight, I was like, I know this sometimes a bit late, but this is getting daft now. I mean, went back and checked the email again. It said it had that button on it. And then underneath it, it had like a, terms and conditions type blurb and then underneath that it had a zoom thing so obviously we hadn't say yeah um and lots of other people had the same problem so people were dropping mm. in later uh but that wasn't their fault that was eventbrite having a crap system i'm afraid um but yeah so we logged in and we'd missed the kind of intro bit and i am going to admit i did kind of go oh shit what have i let myself in for because the first thing he said is now Rosalind is going to play a song that she's written especially for this evening on her acoustic guitar. And those of you who know me know that I have a bit of an animal house type reaction to people <laughs> generally singing and playing an acoustic guitar. Um, it was so good. So she played a song that she'd written, as I say, especially for the evening, uh, called uh, The Witches Are Arriving. And it's so good. I'm going to wait and see if she posts it somewhere. And if she does, I'm going to rip the sound and have it as my ringtone. It was <laughs> fantastic. It was like, um, it was like the bridge city sinners. It was like, it was like satanic folky. Mm. Type. It was really good. Uh, and she said she'd had to edit it because the event was for 14 year old plus and she'd written it. Yeah, some of that's a bit near the knuckle. You might have to take some of it out by the sounds of it. So she had to rain it. But she said it was a bit more Black Sabbath to begin with. So, oh. But yeah, I was yeah really blown away. And then he did a story of his own, which was uh, a Tales of the Unexpected type story. Mm -hmm. um, 
and then Rosalind read a short story by Bram Stoker, which I didn't know that was really, really good. Um, oh, was it the because obviously in Dracula they do it's Jonathan is traveling on Volpergus Act, isn't he? Yes, yeah, sorry, yeah, it's, it's... yes. So I don't know, so I think this is like a Again, I think this was like a side story he wrote, but yeah, it is about Dracula, and it's just a mm. short a story of an event that happened on route. Um, but yeah, so she read that. That was really good. Then she did a poem about May Day that was really nice and sort of light. And then uh, Jason did his final story, which was more... Uh, it was more like... Um, I'll tell you what it really reminded me of, Adam, and I think you'd have really liked it. Um, what was it called? That Jack and Ori? Yeah. Do you remember the ones, because Rick Mail did a few, didn't he? Yeah. And he was always particularly good because he did the narration quite well, but then he gave all the characters their own voices and characters. Charge! Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but without it being over the top and cringy. Mm. Um, and that's exactly what this guy, Jason Buck, did last night. Um, oh, no. It was yeah, so I was totally drawn in. It was really funny. It was really good. I say the original stories, which we really enjoyed. Um, and apparently, he does. He's going to be doing soon some Sherlock Holmes readings and stories. Oh, cool. uh, and he does his own ones that are like um, sort of Greek mythology type things. Um, yeah. So as I said, I didn't have a lot of time to do much research because we just saw it last night and didn't know what to expect. But mm. I'm definitely going to be following both of them. Uh, and seeing what they're up to. And they did post, they said they've both got uh, Facebook pages. I don't Facebook, but I can get in there. Um, that's got loads of stuff and has got all their upcoming events and things. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm definitely going to be checking out more from uh, Jason and Rosalind Buck, and I suggest you all do the same. Mm, nice. Yeah. Oh, and just very quickly, I won't get too into it because I'll probably do a bigger roundup. I've watched the first two seasons of... Uh, sapphire and steel ah and yeah I, what a great concept it is fucking great isn't it I mean, it genuinely it, is, it, is yeah. it fits in here because they are ghost stories except that they tell you that ghosts aren't what you think they are they're people fucking with the timeline which is like mm. such a great it's done in a very 70s bbc tv way um it is but it's brilliant and, and, but but also the weird thing is that they never give you i mean you're too your two stories in, I think you know about as much we ever know about who Sapphire and Steel are. Oh, really? <laughs> Seriously. It doesn't sort of, you know, they just get involved in adventures. But, yeah, that's so. Um, but, yeah. No, oh, no, I'm glad you're enjoying them, man, because they're, yeah, Sapphire and Steel is a real favourite of mine. It's just so odd. Yeah, it's one of those. It always turns up in the, in those kind of how did this ever get made type TV show? So I was like, I've been mm. meaning to get around to it for a while. Um, but yeah, so I bought the box set of the first three seasons, but I think I'll definitely be checking out the second three as well. Cause it's yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the good thing, the good thing is I don't think, I don't think the quality drops at any point. Mm. You know, I think you get pretty much. Um, yeah. I think yeah, I, actually, I think the fifth, Adventure is the only one that's not written by the guy who created it. Hmm. So you get that kind of consistency all the way through. And um, yeah, there's some, no, they're, they're just really great. 
just also on a on a uh, arrive today i did uh, i got paid so i um ordered myself the remainder of the occultaria of albion oh excellent mm. yes oh yes i've been uh, listening to the episodes i've been messaging oh, you the, haven't i adam yes yeah. so i'm up to date on their podcast episodes uh, yeah. yeah as you're right thoroughly enjoyable but yeah the the phone calls thing literally oh, I, yeah. I think i played that about four times because i just mm. It was like a Monday morning as well, eight o'clock, and I was sat at my desk in absolute <laughs> hysterics, and I just kept yeah. rewinding it and playing it over again. No, that's how it got me. I've got pictures of your mum. I've got pictures of your mum in the bath. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a shit in a sock and push it through your letterbox. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, right, so, uh, so before we spoil any of that, um, we will get into this evening's main event. Uh, Chris, I'm guessing, is a big fan because he's changed his background on Zoom to the cover of this. Uh, and so we are covering uh, Psycho Gorman. So, Chris, what did you make mm. of this film? Well, I'll be honest, and, you know, that is meant to be one of the better policies available. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I've got to say, for the first 10, maybe 15 minutes, I was a little worried that Adam might have lost it and the pressure <laughs> of us being released from lockdown had just got to him like a blown gasket. What, what is a gasket? Anyway, but anyway, it's, uh, I thought this is this has just gone horribly wrong. And then it, it just kept getting better and better and better. <laughs> and I thought, nope, he's, he's done it again. He knows exactly what I like. And it was a, a great fun romp crazy like, like you know the monster is awesome right the girl is awesome although she did remind me a bit of jennifer when she was younger uh especially with her bossy games making me follow all the rules you know very complicated uh complete lunatic but not one of the real monsters when it comes down to it <laughs> uh yeah so yeah no it's a fantastic film awesome effects you know as you said loads of practical effects um the backstory every time it came up when he was trying to be serious about all the, the hardships and people mm. with the killing that he did you know and no one taking him seriously it was just it's fantastic that i do love how every one of those gets deflated yeah even, even though i am seriously here for it i do i do love the fact that it's like all these ridiculous tales and it's like well that was really boring uh, okay, so <laughs> there's a that it remind it reminds me of there's a there's an episode of Aqua Team Hunger Force, which was a cartoon on Adult Swim, and in one of the episodes, um, there was a creature who was the cybernetic ghost of Christmas past from the future, <laughs> and he would he sort of turned up and would make proclamations, but every 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 one of his stories would just start with centuries ago and they would just go to mist and sort of like, and they recount the stories. But as it goes on, it just got to the point of centuries ago. No, don't, we're not having that. We don't need to know that whole thing. What happened? And it's, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I did worry also, Chris, that you might receive some sort of childhood flashbacks from this. <laughs> I've, I've got to say, I was going to ask you, Chris, actually, it was one of the things I was going to say was obviously the girl in it, you are supposed to be like, 
oh, she's a nightmare, but she's so cute. And I think when I watch, I, I've mentioned before when I when this first came out, I watched the opening weekend. Mm. I got about forty five minutes in, and then I, I turned it off. Um, and I think the reason I lasted forty five minutes was I kept hoping that she was going to get her head punched off because <laughs> I couldn't stand her every time she came on screen. And then when it turned out, it clearly was going to be nice and she wasn't going to get mauled by the beast and left to die a painful death. I lost you interest and went and watched the ice hockey <laughs> instead. So, uh, so that's how I felt about Mimi. In, in fairness, I can, I can see that because I think that it is a real borderline sort of I can see people either really warming to it or being really fucking irritated by it and I don't think there's a I doubt there's much middle ground yeah to be honest and I'll I'll be honest I found I find her I find her in places quite great in it but I like it's it's the sort of surround of it that works for me. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, it is a first time 12 year old actress. So I don't want to diss her or anything. I was going to say, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. The actress was yeah. brilliant. It was the yeah. character that it's the yeah. character. I think that's, that's the yeah. thing. I think she's just too good at portraying that character. Mm. I couldn't agree I, more. It absolutely was. And that was the, that was the character she was supposed to be, and she did it brilliantly, mm. but it just rubbed me up the wrong way. Which, again, you know, it's like that little shit from Game of Thrones. Like, every time he mm. comes on the screen, you're supposed to want to kick his head in. That's what he's supposed yeah. to do. It just, but at least in Game of Thrones, he got killed by Dame Diana Rigg. Exactly. You knew eventually he was going to get it, and that was yeah. why the, he kept watching. Whereas with this, I was like... Nah, this is all too nice. She's not going to get shot. I'm just going to give up watching it. <laughs> oh, but I, at the end, the, the learning, the, the journey they go on. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it has to be said, the one thing, I, I did see a review of this where someone who very much in, in the same vein as you, Lee, was like, sort of like, no, I, I just could not get on with the character of Mimi. Um. But they described, but they were also people who didn't really get on with the film in general, mm. and they were like, they said, um, "I feel this film is aimed." At, the trouble is, is that Mimi is who this film is aimed at. No, and it was like, and it was like, that's a bit, you know, that's a bit shitty. But I think the, but I do. There's certain bits of it that, you know, because I think it is a sort of it's an over the top part, and I think some of the dialogue's a bit clunky for her and everything. But there are certain bits that ring so true, such as when it's like you do realise that, like towards the end, when it's no, you've you have um, you do realise that you have permanently doomed the universe to absolute abject horror and subjugation at the at the hands of this monster. Thank you. <laughs> You know that, and and also the and also the bit where it's like the um the when he eats dark screen, mm-hmm. and it's just what you have witnessed here will stuff. trouble your tiny brains yes. until they can take it no longer. And they're like, awesome, because <laughs> that's all you want to be told as a kid. That it's like, yeah, no, you've just seen the the fucking worst shit of anything. <laughs> but it's, but it's like so she's she's not just obnoxious; she is, but you know, bordering on sociopath. Oh yeah. Like uh, it's interesting how she's similar to him, 
and but and then you know the fact that she controls him uh, that is just fun it is, I, I, I think sorry go on, go on man no go on man no i was gonna say i think the point is is that actually it would take a sociopath to do it mm, yeah because she's immediately like right oh no i've tweaked this mm. you can't do anything because of this okay now i'm gonna fuck with you <laughs> and it's like absolutely no fear of where this yeah. is going or what the consequences, consequences will be. don't fuck. matter it's just yeah. this is this is my it's toy just the here and I'm, now yeah. what fun i'm having with this yeah um and but yeah i mean it's and, and also just the fact that she has no loyalty to him he has more loyalty to her yeah in the end <laughs> because she's like sort of like well you said you you told the paladins of mm. obsidian to kill us and it's like well fuck you no you get you're gonna get killed you're gonna get your ass ended too yeah <laughs> you know what i mean it's, it just snaps immediately and so yeah but just, um and that's the thing as i say, I, I said i didn't like this which is probably a bit strong i I think the problem is I watched the trailer and loved it. That's why I said to you, Chris, whatever you do, don't watch the trailer. Mm. Because the trailer <laughs> yeah. is this, this, this is one of those films that works perfectly as a trailer. Mm. It's a perfect four minutes of yeah. great effects, great concept, um, really snappy, funny dialogue, like mm. really contrasting characters. So as a trailer, it was perfect. It was just as soon as you then stretched that Wanted out to spread out. Yeah. Minutes, I, then I got to the middle part and I was like, I've seen nothing good so far that wasn't in the trailer and I can't spend any more time watching it. And I think that's, so I think if I hadn't watched the trailer and I just watched it, I'd have been blown away. But I think the trailer was just too spoiler heavy of mm. all the good shit. And it just, it made me think the film was going to be more than it was. So it wasn't that the film was bad. It was just that the trailer was too good. <laughs> yeah, the expectation set by that. I mean, actually, actually, the, the weird thing is, is even because I've, because the Blu-ray I've got of it, which is, uh, uh, which I'm pleased to announce is the Hunky Boy edition. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that that was the bit that kind, that kind of tipped me to actually more sort of like that was when it switched on for me of getting it as a film is definitely the I do not care for hunky boys <laughs> or do I <laughs> but, but yeah so I've got the hunky boy edition and um the menu screen is literally all the planet Digax stuff <laughs> so you you look like you're watch it looks like you're watching the fucking keep <laughs> or something like that you know it, and, and again i think that if you were just sort of you know putting it on from the menu screen and letting that run for like a minute or so when you actually come to the movie you'd be like the fuck they? <laughs> you know but i think i mean overall i mean i think i love um i love the i love the fact that okay so we don't get mimi doesn't get her comeuppance but she does destroy the world essentially except for her and her idiot family as it's described <laughs> um and actually that's the thing as well that's the thing i really love i think psycho gorman as a character is just especially when he is under that influence is just such a great thing where there is no concession of 
change yeah in a weird way it's only towards the end especially when it's things like when out because that just reminded me of me at work was when alistair's like oh yeah uh bye it was nice meeting you it would be nicer if you were dead <laughs> you know just, it's just sort of like uh, uh, you know i just love that sort of angry and and obviously the the other thing that i love about it is all the overly portentous backstory that mm. just gives me the, it gives me the lovely feeling of like of watching say star wars or something where you're just like who the fuck's he what's his fucking story yeah you know, the robot with the glass dome that's a brain and eyes mm. and a jaw i loved it despite the fact he didn't it, say a word i thought he was awesome um, yeah tube man that is yeah <laughs> And the other one that got me that I absolutely loved is of his little posse. What were they called? The Summing of Obsidian. Oh, the Paladins of Obsidian. Yeah. yeah. It's that witch one who's got the creepy eyes and a shrunken head on a stick. I was like, that is genuinely terrifying. What is that deal? I want to know more about See, that one. Well, that is Witchmaster, a sinister sorcerer from the Tokusatsu system, apparently. And I just, I just love all of that sort of like, I mean, there's, there's an because um, obviously we should mention director Stephen Kostansky um, is not unknown to us because we covered him mm. all the way back in episode eight uh, because he co-directed The Void. Uh, obviously, another really, yeah, and obviously you can thinking about it in terms of the practical effects. Although the ones in this are played much more absurdly rather than sort of, you know, scary or whatever like that. Yeah, it's that, I think it does have that same sort of feel to the practical effects. And actually, since since we covered The Void, he did um, Leprechaun Returns, <laughs> which, I, which does not have Warwick Davis, so we mm. shall dismiss it from the canon, <laughs> like a crystal skull. And... Um, um, and... Um, yeah, I, so and, and obviously Psycho Gorman, but yeah, it's um, yes, and he um, because obviously, like we said, uh, like on the void, I mean, he did like a lot of makeup, uh, it, um, he does like a lot of specialist makeup effects and visual effects and things like that already. Mm. So, a lot, a lot of what you see on screen is obviously coming sort of pretty much direct from him. Mm. But I saw a lovely interview where he was like saying about you know he liked the idea of creating these creatures with backstories that you only wonder about. But he also said, um, cause there's, what is it? Death Trapper, which is the giant washing machine yeah. meat grinder. <laughs> yeah. And he said, and as he said, he said like, take that character for instance, what the fuck does he do all day? <laughs> What's his routine like? Because as you said, like you're a giant washing machine that minces up people and can fire weaponized blood out of two nozzles. But but does he go to a canteen? Does he <laughs> does, does he need the toilet? You know, do you know what I mean? It's like what and it is that lovely sort of yeah, I just love the fact that you've got the council and that it just reminded me a lot of um like sort of fantasy stuff that I watched as a kid like Krull and yeah. Um, you know, those kind of 
obviously aiming more seriously because I mean this is a, this is essentially this is essentially Toxic Avenger meets Suburban Commando or <laughs> the Nanny. What was the Hulk Hogan one where he's Mister Nanny or the Tooth oh, Fairy or something like that? I've no idea. It, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, but uh... but it has that sort of thing of because it's that quirky. And I have to say, the bits that really the the bits I love are all the creatures and all the ridiculousness and all the because actually I think that I mean like the design of the Templars mm. is genuinely like that looks like if they'd made Transformers when they made the cartoon of Transformers. Right, but get me. Am I am I wrong, or was that main Templar? Uh, I have written her name down. Pandora. Pandora. Why did it look like Angelina Jolie? Did you get that? The face looked I, like Angelina Jolie really badly. I think because if you... Because the actress who played... Because, it's again, it's an interesting one because, um, like Psycho Gorman, so Pandora is played physically as an angel by one actress. Um Another actress provides the voice, and mm. neither of them are the actress who she transforms into. I was going to make that point as well. Why would you do that? Because it meant that when it was when it was the robot and the mouth wasn't moving properly, you can dub that really easily. When it's an actress, you can't. So why would you not just get the actress who does the voice to be the know. actress in the suit? Or I was like, what, what sense does that make? Again. It's one of those, <laughs> they might well have thought of it and thought it'd be funnier to make it shit. Because, it, you know. I th- oh, no, I definitely think that that is, there is an element to this where they know what they're aiming for. Because yeah, oh, definitely. Like, bits of it, you know, there's bits of it where stuff wobbles. Mm. And, you I know, don't stuff, think that stuff... they think they've made Star Wars. I know that they, they yeah. know what, they've yeah. made exactly what they set out to. Yeah, and like but, I say, I love that stuff but some of it i was just like why have you done <laughs> it is, yeah. sometimes that sort of thing works and sometimes it doesn't it's a bit you know it's like um say monty python you know like sometimes mm. it's just a little bit awkward mm. and other times it's complete genius it's, it's yeah like it's well, hard I, to get I think it perfect i, I think time. you, mm, you do, well with this i think you also have that thing where you could i definitely would be wary who i showed this to mm. yeah in the sense of, like, I, I undoubtedly people who listen to this podcast, I would recommend it. I would say watch it. Yeah, definitely. Because I know that they would, even even if they didn't enjoy it, I know they'd be coming from the right perspective of getting what they've aimed for. Yeah, even just kind of the references throughout, yeah. you know, and it's not so, necessarily direct references. It's just, yeah, you can see the connection between hmm. things. But I think if you showed this to some someone who wasn't, aware of those things someone would, they would just think oh no this is really badly done yeah, yeah. Mm. um much in the same way as if you showed you know i mean it's not quite on the it's not quite the same but like say if you showed someone dark place yeah and they mm. thought it was something genuine from yeah. the you know <laughs> they they took they took the bait and thought it was something mm. genuine from the 80s um and again i think yeah there's there's a lot in this that has that um, as that sort of aesthetic, because I mean, like the the council are basically all puppets, apart from the guy mm. with the fan and 
the snake woman and the guy who's clearly the last Starfighter alien. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who, is, who, who actually is called Star Striker 77. So I can only <laughs> assume, yeah. Um, but obviously you've got like a lot of, you know, puppets and stuff like that. And they, you know, they are, I mean, the another thing that I've seen a lot of people mention, it's not something that really is, it might be for you, Chris, actually, but it was certainly, I don't think it would be me and Lee's generation, but like Power Rangers. Uh, I, w I wasn't quite... No, yeah, but it's, no, it's only if you watched it, but I think it's that mm. thing of they would just have... Because I'll be honest, when I first watched Power Rangers, I wasn't aware that it was all made at the same time. I thought they'd made this thing with people in, like, jumpsuits and then spliced in old Japanese kaiju movies. Mm. I thought that, you know, yeah, because obviously the film stock would change and you'd have a lot of men in rubber suits with wobbly bits. That's, I don't think I ever saw any of the films. I saw a couple of the episodes. Oh, yeah, it's only the episodes I'm sort of oh, referring okay. to, really, yeah. I think that that was, um, that's another one that I've seen coming up, but I don't know, like I say, it's not really, it's not really an aesthetic that I've, uh, mm. it's not really something that I know too much about. So I kind of get where they're coming from, but I think it's just rubber, it's whatever your experience of rubber suited monsters is. Mm -hmm. if, any, if anything, this also reminded me a bit of um, MacGyver, the mm, yeah. Mark Hamill, yeah, uh, film. it definitely has that sort of feel to it. Although the Giver again is something that is aiming to be not necessarily more serious, but certainly not as intentionally funny or as intentionally. I, I seem to remember that had some potentially scary bits, but it was. Oh yeah, I mean it. It, ha like it has its moments 20, in the yeah. Twenty five years ago, I watched it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I I only watched it fairly recently. Got it on mm. uh, an Arrow. And it was like I remember was, it being a bit dark in in parts, but oh yeah, no, definitely. But I think the the Giver definitely sort of stands up as one one of these sort of things. Mm. Although the Giver does have humorous parts, and you've got like um, yeah, uh, oh, I can't think of his bloody name now. Michael Berryman is like one of the uh, villains, and he is brilliant comedically within it. You know, there is there is that element where it, it's kind of. And then you, and on the other side of it, you've got Mark Hamill playing it dead straight. And, mm. you know, but I think that... So is, is The Giver a good follow-up to this? <clears throat> if you enjoyed this, Chris, watch The Giver because you fucking love it. That's all I'm going to say. So, so it's like, yeah, I've got the memory of, of really liking it, but especially at the time, it was like Mark Hamill in another film. What? This is yeah. crazy. Like, because I just... I didn't, I, I don't know, you couldn't really look up things easily at that point. And yeah, I just had no idea what else he'd acted in and then just randomly came across that one day on, on Sky and it's like, that's amazing. But yeah, I cannot, <laughs> I just remember there was really weird creatures in it. Yeah, no, the, the guy that I think definitely has to be a touchstone for this mm. because yeah, I think it's that same sort of, like you say, it's that same sort of thing of stuff you watched as a kid because that's definitely what it, that's how it feels to me is this feels like something that I would love to be, I would love to be in a position to show Ted this when he's Mimi's age. Yeah. 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 
because I think he would fucking, you know, I or my expectation is he would adore it. I mean, you know, he might be, seriously, Father, <laughs> it's no Coraline, is it? <laughs> we prefer much more sophisticated work. You can imagine after seeing some kind of superhero action sci-fi movies that are for kids and then, you know, when you were old enough watching something like this, it is that crazy step up to... I'm trying to think if there's any bad language in it because as you say like it's all very there's a bit bit of frig going on oh yeah yeah because even that it's like i'm the heckin best that's right so they kind of take the swearing so there's no reason you couldn't show this to somebody of it's 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 the it's the violence and the gore but there is Mm. literally nothing else in it you know even that's so over the top it kind mm. of negates it being scary because it's just utterly ridiculous that that said one of the bits that are really i really love in this and i think genuinely i just love it as a moment is where pandora's transforming and it's she's got that that reduces the human down to oh, yeah, a cube, cube smashes it and then eats it and it's mm. just that pure she's like the pure white angel robot angel costume with like massive backlighting behind it as well like that and just the blood smeared across the face with like fucking like organ music and everything else like that that's like so yeah that'd be fucking that would be the bit that would have stuck with me if if this had been a serious thing that someone had shown me as a kid definitely um as you say the levels of slapstick so so you've got like the giant brain stuff, like that's just straight out mm-hmm. of a trauma film. That was just, yeah, it was so over the top. And the thing that had really, really made me laugh was the copper when he melted yeah. the police, yeah. but and he just yeah. kept walking around randomly Went firing shooting. his gun yeah. for no reason. <laughs> and it'd be like, right, you understand, <laughs> <laughs> Kill me, please. And I, what is it? I've, you've got to write me love letters, and it's yeah. just a heart with "Please kill me" scrawled yeah. on it in blood. <laughs> I think I think this is I think that's the point. Also, someone did point out: is he meant to be dressed as um, oh uh, Sam Neil in Jurassic Park? Mm. When you know when he's out and when... about, and like they're out in the woods, oh, and yeah. that's you know when they're playing <laughs> yeah. the game, and then, yeah. and then the police turn up, and that whole sequence in the woods takes place. Just before the paladins arrive. Yeah, you're right. And it's like, it does. Well, yeah, he is dressed as <laughs> Sam. <laughs> but I think, yeah, and I, but I do like the fact that there is no, there's no having to sit him down and teach him a lesson at any point. It's no, no, what you're doing is wrong. No, yeah. It's you because you've got that with um, like the bit where they're walking down the street. And okay, it's a pretty piss poor bit of visual effect but like the kid who shouts out and he just explodes, explodes the kid. Her, yeah. <laughs> you know that's just beautiful yeah and there's so many sort of it's just those i think it's just those little touches and sort of the fact that there is no repentance we're even down to the fact which is which is the bit that sort of like i because i was like oh have they gone shit here when Mimi goes to talk to Christ, like uh, the, the crucifix yeah. on the wall. And then it's, I don't know why I'm asking you anyway, because yeah. there's a new God in town. And then she breaks the crucifix. <laughs> and you're like, fucking hell. I'm, I'm, that is one of those ones from like, 
I'm surprised there hasn't been more outcry about that. Yeah. If someone, you know, if it, again, it's flying under the radar, but if someone actually saw that, you know, if that turned up, this could be one of those things that infects mm. children's minds sort of like in this sort of way where it's just flown under the radar. So no one's, no one's actually aware of this bit where it's like, yeah, screw you, Jesus. Psycho Gorman's the new god. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I so think there are so many parts that, that you can think back to. I, I reckon mm. like, if, we'd, if we'd all been together watching this, drinking, Lee would have loved it. No, I th- you're, you, you're absolutely right. So I, I definitely enjoyed it more the second time. Mm. And mm. Yeah, I think you're right. This is definitely a, a sit down with beers. And like, like I yeah. said, I did laugh a lot throughout it. I just felt I'd been spoiled. And, and that isn't, a, I think I'm probably being harsh on the film when it isn't the film's fault. Because whoever made the trailer and literally just lifted had, the best bits of the film mm. out is the one who spoiled it for I me. Think, I think I'm going to have to watch the trailer when we finish tonight. Yeah. Actually, um, uh, Lee is correct because I, I, hadn't, I hadn't watched the trailer. I'd just seen mm. the character designs and stuff like that and I was like, kind of read about it. And yeah, when I watched the trailer and it is like, as, as Lee said, it is pretty much like they... Without a shadow of a doubt, they give you the highlights. Yeah. You know, or at least you see enough that you would sort of like, yeah, you've had it. You, you've had a lot of it spoiled. Yeah, it, yeah. All the best jokes. It lets you, you see all the characters. You can basically pin the whole story together. It's, it almost felt like, uh, you know, like with Grindhouse, where they had the trailers that were never meant to be films and it was just. Mm. And and so it was a, an encapsulated three minute movie ultimately, and that was yeah. what this felt like. As you say, it felt like a highlight reel rather than a, a trailer. Um, yeah, yeah, and I think that's what's bought it for me rather than the film itself. But I mean, I, I, I still enjoyed it. As I say, I'm glad I, I'm glad Adam did choose it because I wouldn't have gone back and finished it otherwise, and I'm glad mm. I did. And, and and as he said as well, I, I would definitely recommend everybody see it. But if you haven't already watched the trailer before you listen to this, definitely don't go and watch it yeah. without seeing the trailer. Oh no, I think I think I think you are, I think you're bang on there. Also, very much like the void, there's not many sort of known actors in it. Like you know, mm. a lot of these people have a lot. Everyone's not really done much, though. Um, the dad is apparently in another wolf cop. But oh. I think he's, but I think he's like late. It's like something like criminal number three or thug oh, number right, one yeah. or so. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't, he's not got a big part in it, I don't think. I thought I was going to say that's but, odd. I didn't recognise him. I only watched that two weeks ago, three weeks ago. But yeah, as you say, if it's a uh, just a character in the background, I quite like their um their their relationship development as it went on. It's just mm. you're just lazy, useless, you know. <laughs> Because it starts, it starts off in that weird way where it's like every every American film featuring mm. a whole family, the dad is always brilliant. Yeah, it's like, do you know what I mean? Whatever it is, in in a weird way, no matter six feet under, the dad is brilliant. Yeah, Donnie Darko, the dad's brilliant. It's it, it seems to be a th- um, you know, it does seem to be like a th- a thing that's there, and then. Halfway through, it's like, oh, actually, no, the dad is a bit of a prick. <laughs> you know, he's like, 
yeah, he's probably he's probably a good dad to have because he doesn't really doesn't... give a shit what you're yeah. doing. <laughs> but he's probably not a good dad and certainly not a good husband. And but then he kind of does step up. Mm. But I do, but I do love that. And that again, that was another one of those ones where I really like the subversion of it, where it was like when he's like, "Can I have a moment?" Can, sorry, Mister Gorman, can I have a moment with my daughter? And then he's like. Yeah, this uh, weird-looking guy um, said, "Do I want to see a, uh, some baseball cards?" And I said, "Yes." I had a wonderful afternoon looking at some pristine first edition baseball cards with that sick, weird-looking man. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those. I was like, "This is going to take a very dark turn," and it didn't. Which is no, it, and it's wonderful for doing it, and also, and actually. <laughs> The bit where he gets the message on the toilet. Yeah. Claire was hysterical when we first watched that. She just found that it just took her completely by surprise, I think. And it was just the idea of just that when the face that pops up. That was your first laugh, really, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but um and but also again the thing where it's like there's the running joke about sort of you know, well, it took you a while to get here. Yes, and I got lost. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like, I've got, you've got to help us. We're in the woods, <laughs> but I, I don't know where that is. Oh, take that third prize. <laughs> <laughs> that was the bit that reminded me most of the of the Aquatine Hunger Force thing, where it's just like the sub, like just ordinary things being explained at a level and pitch of fucking <laughs> bizarre urgency and everything. And um, but yeah, I think I think and and actually I I like the uh, there's the weird thing where they pair it off at the end, where you've got like the mother and son have stuck with the Templar and they've gone off mm. with yeah PG, um, and the mum is then transformed into a kind of surrogate Templar mm. as well, which I what I like the, that's another thing as well that's kind of weird with this is that you kind of get the impression there's no black and white within the the extraterrestrial mythology of it. Because mm. clearly the Templars aren't good. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And it's like Psycho Gorman has been given this power, which has then been abused relentlessly <laughs> and you know, like i mean that's that's the beauty of it and, you know i mean it's a spoiler but you know i i even i even quite like it's a bit cheesy at the end but it's just the way you've taught me about love and i shall now <laughs> use it to torture and destroy the universe that's going to be my signing off today I was, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. i've got to say as well because i've got it open here i always have the the IMDb page open next to us while we're chatting, just in case I need to refer to it. Uh, the artwork for this as well. So the I, I've not seen the Blu-ray cover, but the DVD cover that's here on IMDb uh, and at the, um, Chris's background image and stuff as well. Like, I just love the kind of 80s drawing mm. look of it all. It's just fantastic. I mean, that's, that's the thing is, I think it is just, it's kind of, it's kind of one of those things where it's kind of aimed at all of us who watched, like I say, like the Monster Squad or something a lot. You, do you know what I mean? It's along those kind of lines of it's um, or like, yeah, The Last Starfighter, those kind of mm. films from the 80s, but just with 
but they've also mingled it up with all the video nasties that we watched as a kid. It, yeah. it was it like it was mesh. like the gate mixed with yeah, enemy mine or something. That was what yes. it made me think of was the gate. Yeah, the gate is a yeah. That's another one. That really is what it. Yeah. And what's the? They covered it on. Um, they covered it on not for everyone. Is it the pit or something? I don't think I've seen that. But when they were talking about it, I was like, and this is the problem. I've got to admit, I've been terrible recently. I've missed loads of their episodes because they keep covering films, and I keep thinking either I've not seen it or I need to. So I listen to the beginning of the episode, and then when they talk about the film. I go, I'm going to watch that in the week and come back to it. And I'm yeah. not around to it for ages. So I apologise to the gentleman over there. It's because I, I want to, because they make it sound so entertaining. I always want mm. to see what they've, it's not one of those where I'm just like, oh, I don't really care. I'll just have it on in the background. I really want to be able to visualise what they're talking yeah. about because they always make it sound hilarious. Um, but yeah, and I've just been crap at getting around to watching anything. So, uh, but I will. I will. And the pit is on there. Because, I mean, admittedly, I've not seen the pit, but I think it's in a... Definitely sounds like it's in a similar sort of vein. Um, and, I mean, I, to be honest, I always listen I always listen to them even if I don't know the film. Hmm. And quite a few times that has resulted in watching some fucking great films because I... Yeah. What was it? Um, and, and I know that Bobby is very pleased that I watched Split Second with Rutger Hauer. <laughs> um, and I can honestly say that Split Second with Rutger Howard would fit very nicely with Psycho Gourmet. It's very much That's interesting. It's seriously, it's it's the most fucking nineties thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's basically Garth Marenghi Psycho Gourmet sort of. <laughs> you know, it's the, it's it just um. Mm. I mean, I'm borderline obsessed with it, <laughs> but I know it's bad. <laughs> but it's it's like I, I don't know whether it's because I think I'd have watched it when it came out and thought it was amazing, but yeah, it's just a fucking ludicrous film. That's when you've got like Rutger Hauer is a uh, I mean yeah Rutger Hauer is a cop in a post-apocalyptic London, well post-flood London, um, whose partner was murdered by an occult serial killer. But the occult serial killer actually turns out to possibly be the devil, and then no, he's not the devil, he's an alien, but an alien mm. who at one point pulls a shotgun <laughs> despite looking like a sort of biker version of the alien from Alien. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's yeah, just irredeemably 90s, but <laughs> yeah, just something there's just something great about it to let you know how much of a uh a badass Rutger Hauer is. He lights his cigarettes with a blowtorch. <laughs> nice. For no practical reason. <laughs> He's not using the blowtorch. So he carries He's just it got one in the car. Instead of a lighter, just yeah. Because... He's just. It's an affectation, if nothing else. <laughs> you know. But he... The thing is, if you start doing that, you can't stop, can you? Exactly. I think yeah. this is the thing. Do you think it's just you commit too far, <laughs> and then it's like, well, you know. I've often thought that's what happens a lot with, you know, serial killers. Is I think, well, I've done it now. Oh, dear. I'll back <laughs> down from this. Thing look, it. Yeah, I'll back down from this. It's going to look weak. You know, <laughs> I've, I've, I've adopted this position. So... <laughs> um, 
but yeah so generally all round, i think this is definitely a good film as you say definitely i think for our listeners mm. one to check out um it's, it's it it falls in that nice category between low budget and hollywood it's somewhere in between like mm. it definitely isn't thanks killing um mm. oh no but yeah no, no. equally like it's it's not it's not been done by one of the big studios it's like kind of independent but it looks but, fantastic it's so but good. The, the the music and sound effects were great and i think in a way the the lower budget they've used that effectively in the way they changed some of the styles like say the the uh the battle scene with the paladins mm-hmm. like they actually changed the complete style between it seeming like a proper action movie and then all of a sudden it's just like you know, when you came called her and the blood's just, you know, dribbling yeah. out. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I love that when they did that with the kids in the garden as well, when they were playing yeah. the game and it had all the epic music and stuff. And yeah. every now and again, they just stopped that and it, just... you could just see it, just two kids throwing yeah. a muddy ball at one. <laughs> yeah. And that, that was great, almost just from seeing the difference in, yeah, in film, filmography style. Like, yeah. It was, it was yeah, they used the different film stops and stuff yeah. to add that thing where it'd be like, if you much the same as like because I mean obviously there is the classic Monty Python sketch where they're in the studio and then they look mm. out the window and then it's like this this sketch is surrounded by film <laughs> and, and where they actually point out the change in video quality to yeah. film as soon as it's an outside broadcasting. Um, the music on this is Blitz Berlin who did do the void as well, oh. but I think yeah the th- the other thing as well that really makes me feel that this is something. I I would have watched younger is it's just that thing of a pretty sort of overblown uh, you know there's a lot of overblown dramatic strings a lot of like traditional UK metal sort of mm. sounding whittliness yeah and then without explanation a rap song for the end credits <laughs> do you know what I mean so it suddenly feels like it feels like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like the live action one of that where it'd be like you know and they're just sort of ACDC licks all the way through it and then suddenly it's the rhyme syndicate with T-U-R-T-L-E power and yeah so I, it, it felt like they got it felt like they got every uh, every aesthetic right on it and um, one final note back from uh, returning from the void uh, Kenneth Welsh is the narrator and the judicator, who is the head of the Gygax Council uh, puppet, yeah. uh, Windham Earl from Twin Peaks. Back mm-hmm. once again with uh, working with. So. Wow. No. Nice. Also, and this is this is a question. I'm. I, I mean, I don't even think it's a question, but Gygax Council, like the planet Gygax, I'm assuming is because of Gary Guy Jax or Guy Gax, who who created. Dungeons and Dragons. Ah, yeah, you could be right. I'm kind of assuming that's got to be the reason. Because let's face it, it wears a lot of its influences on its sleeve. Yeah. Yeah. On its blooded sleeve. Yeah, what a fun movie. Um, Mm. So for next episode, obviously uh, you guys are going to be covering The Mandalorian next week. Is that correct? Ah, yes. Mm. Yes. Yes. With with, uh, with Uncle Wesley Sith, yeah, and uh, yeah, we shall be um, we shall be looking at the Mandalorian, and uh, finally, I will be finishing the Mandalorian in the ensuing week because I've just got uh, I've just got three apps to go, and uh, nice. 
bloody hell. <laughs> I've, uh, I've started, although I won't be on the episode, I've started re-watching it. So uh, I have watched six oh, nice. and a half episodes this week. So, uh, yeah. It, it holds well up done. to a second viewing really, really well. I mean, mm. it's one of those... I, it, the, I think the problem with binge TV is you do binge it and then you don't want to watch it again anytime soon. So I've not been in a rush to go back and re-watch it. But I... There's so much of it that I didn't remember. Mm. So yeah, it's it's yeah, but it's working. like it's like when you have, it's like when you have a massive Chinese meal and you don't eat eat another one for ages because you're yeah. like, oh no, last time I was really... weirdly enough, binge drinking is one of the few ones where that doesn't seem to happen. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, oh yeah, I was I was absolutely awful. We're we going to do it again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So- the other thing that. You mentioned earlier was my birthday choice. I was about mm, to say, so up. that's where I was uh, going. Yeah. So after the Mandalorian, when mm. we return for our next uh, horror movie, it will be Chris's birthday choice. So Chris, do you know what you would like to do for your birthday? Well, I've got four off the top of my head. Okay. Erase a head. Oh. But I don't know if that's actually considered a horror film i just know you've mentioned it a few times and i've heard of it over the years it kind of gets lumped in with horror but i'm it definitely has a horrific aesthetic and it has a mm. horror aesthetic but i'm not sure you know i don't know okay well we'll have it on the list um mm-hmm. Shaun of the dead which oh. i have yeah. seen but it was a very long time ago and it was only once and it's obviously a classic yeah um the Endless, which, as I said earlier, I, it stood out to me when you mentioned it because I thought, well, I've just been looking up about that. Yeah. Um, and you may have mentioned it before, but I didn't recognise it, but it sounds interesting. Um, and then the last one, Attack the Block, which, again, I don't really know if it's a horror film, but it did come up as a worth watching in that sort of genre. So, um, And I think that is actually, it has somebody, I don't know if it's the director, someone to do with Shaun of the Dead, was involved in Attack the Block. Well, um, uh, Nick, Frost. Nick Frost is in it. Ah, okay. Nick Frost's in it, and and Joe. Um, it's directed by Joe Cornish from Adam and Joe. Um, and um, but I think Edgar Wright was executive mm. producer, who was the director oh, okay. of Shaun of the Dead. Because um, I think actually that was a weird thing. I remember it at the time because, funnily enough, both Shaun of the Dead and Attack the Block have been films i've been thinking about re-watching lately anyway but i did see you know i remember someone sort of saying about we've attacked the block where like loads of people said oh it's the new sean of the dead and it's not it's still a great film but it's not mm. it's not in the same way that sean of the dead's a great film mm. you know i don't think you know i i think it was literally just like it's a british comedy film and it's in a genre <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. What do you think, Lee? Uh, I'm going to defer to you. So, uh, one you don't have to those... answer now. <laughs> I was going to say, so of those films, I've seen two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and of the two I've seen, one of them I liked. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Well, um, I mean, I think... Or shall we, shall we toss a coin? That sounds like a fair a fair way to do it. An actual if, coin, like old. Has anyone Davis. got a coin, or you know, I mean, Chris probably has a virtual coin that he can flip on his computer. 
This is great audio. This me rustling is... around in a drawer in the dark. Oh my god! There is find Claire a has found. There is an app. That... Uh, uh, yeah, of I've course there's an app. Of course there's an app. So what? Right, what so, are we putting in? So, so what are, are we you... doing, Lee? What's heads and tails? Um, I if I was gonna shortlist it, I would say Shaun of the Dead and Attack the Block because you said that's mm-hmm. the two you've been thinking about recently. I say one I've seen and one I haven't. Oh, right, okay. Well, you, uh, hmm. yes. Well, shall we say I don't know? Head Shaun of the Dead, Tails Attack the Block. Yeah, sounds good. And we flip and Tails Attack the Block. Okay. Ooh. A, a film which I will state now, and I will fucking restate it when we when we get there. Ironically, predicts the future of British science fiction by featuring yeah. both the Doctor and Finn from Star Wars. Ah, oh, okay. Uh, yes. Excellent. And uh, yeah, no, that'll be oh, that'll be a right treat. That one. Cool. Excellent. And actually, I think, and then may, maybe we do Shaun of the Dead afterwards. Just anyway, to go, yeah. it's not yeah. like Shaun of the Dead. Come on. Yeah, it needs to go on the list. Actually, I was going to say, so the, to the episode after that, obviously you guys will do your Star Wars in between, then we'll have the next mm. episode. And the episode after that will be my birthday choice, which ah, I okay. already made earlier. I wrote it down while we were recording because it was something that suddenly What's popped that into be, my like? head. So Come would on. you like to know now in advance? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so for my birthday choice, I would like us to watch uh, The Wolf of Snow Hollow because it was mm. my favourite film of last year by an absolute mile. Oh, not seeing that myself. Well, Although I have good. heard very good things. Again, it's another one. The trailer doesn't give anything away, but if you're going to watch it anyway, don't watch the trailer. Mm. <laughs> also, you mentioned it earlier, um, uh, no, I won't go into that because I can't remember what he's bloody made. There we go. Uh, no, it's just that um, I know that the um, director of um, Thanks Killing has done a larger budget film that he's doing mm-hmm. quite well at the moment, but I can't for the life of me think what it is, so probably mentioning it was a blind alley. There we go. But we should find out what it is and watch it. Yes. Yes. Excellent. Right, so... Thanks ever so much for listening, everybody. Uh, we hope you had a good time. Uh, we hope you watch Psycho Gorman. Um, go and check out all the other stuff that we've been talking about because there's a lot of good shit in there. Um, and don't forget, for next episode, go and watch Attack the Block. Yes. Yes. I'd just like to say, I'm off to give my pizza a warrior's death. <laughs> <laughs> As long as it screams no while you're doing it. That's... <laughs> Bye. Good night. Good night. <laughs> Go back to wait.